podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. good boys and girls two for the podcast on friday the 24th of june brought to you by eplindex.com and our presenting sponsor liberty shield liberty shield is a vpn provider a virtual privacy network allows you to go online change your location access things that you're normally geo-blocked from so example if you live in the uk and want american netflix you can get that if you're a uk expat and want bbc iplayer itv hub you can get that if you're an Irish expat and you want RTE player for the three months a year that anyone wants RTE player. You can get that with a Liberty Shield VPN and most importantly, you can keep your data safe. Check out libertyshield.com and use the code EPL25, EPL25 for 25% off at checkout. We're also brought to you by Home of Hopcroft, a giftware and homeware company located in Scotland but shipping worldwide. Check out homeofhopcroft.co.uk. Tell them I sent you. And don't forget to check out the EPL Index and Anfield Index shops on Etsy. Use the codes EPL10 or RED10 for 10% off. Right, folks, feeling re-energized today. And we are going to to sort through Manchester United, Newcastle United, Norwich City, and Southampton in terms of what they might do this summer, what they could do, what they should do. Before we do that, though, it must be noted that Burnley will not be signing Freddie Woodman, as I had suggested that they should, because he has signed a permanent deal to join Preston North End, which, to be fair, great signing for Preston North End. Uh, I think Woodman could have done better. But that is where he's going. And uh, I think he'll do quite well there. Really good get for Preston. And as I said at the time, it may be that Burnley are happy to run with Bailey Peacock Farrell. Uh, But if they're not, and they still want to go and look for a goalkeeper, can I suggest Joseph Bursick? of Stoke City. Very, very talented young goalkeeper. Only 21. May well be the most talented young English keeper out there. So that's who I would suggest to them instead. Now, moving on to today's issues, Manchester United being an issue. Um, Myself and Guy were just discussing before we came online. There appears to be a bit of collusion going on between Louis van Gaal and Ajax, where any time an Ajax player or a Dutch player suggests they want to join Man United, uh, Louis van Gaal tells them, if you join them, you're not going to be in the national team squad for the World Cup. So either he hates United, which is understandable given how he was treated, or he's on the Ajax payroll, which wouldn't be a surprise given his tenures at the club. But United do have five needs 
starting right back, starting centre back, starting defensive midfielder, starting central midfielder, and a backup goalkeeper because Dean Henderson is on his way to Nottingham Forest. Now, they look like they want Daniel Bachman from Watford. He's awful. Awful. And for the United fans sharing the two-minute comp that someone put together on Twitter, give your heads a wobble. He was sat on the bench behind Ben Foster last season. He is not a good goalkeeper. Not even slightly a good goalkeeper. But look, who am I to stand between a club and a mistake? So if you want Daniel Backman, we will mark Daniel Backman down as your backup goalkeeper and away you go. Uh, we might as well start with central midfield. It does appear like they're set on wanting Frankie de Jong. Whether Frankie wants that move or not, I don't know. He doesn't appear overly keen, but we're going to mark Frankie de Jong down as the central midfielder. There's no doubting his talent. There's no doubting he would elevate that midfield massively. But there's also no doubting that if he's the only midfield signing, he will not succeed at Manchester United. They need to find somebody to go next to him to do a lot of the dog work, to be more dynamic. Yves Basuma would have made so much sense for them. They haven't gotten that one done because they weren't looking for him. Uh, who knows what else they want to do in midfield, but they need to find a ball winner. Frankie's not a defensive midfielder. Frankie's at his best when he's got someone else doing that kind of grunt work for him and he's able to run the game. So I would say if you want someone who can be a ball winner, be a dynamic box-to-box type of player and fit well with Frankie, the best cost-effective move for them, in my view, is Yusuf Fafana of Monaco, an all-action, bustly midfielder who will win the ball back at a high rate, will go box-to-box, won't get you many goals, but will give you energy, ball-winning, a bit more defensive solidity than what you've had. A very good player, a very good player. Not a great player, but a very good player and a cost-effective player. Frankie's going to cost a ton. They need to find someone who's not going to cost a fortune because they don't have unlimited money to spend. They do have a lot of money to spend, but not unlimited money. And they've got other needs. So I would say go and get Yusuf Fafana. I think he makes a lot of sense there for them. And uh, and I think the partnership with him and Frankie could be quite good. So moving on then to right back. An attacking right back is what's needed. Somebody that can go and offer something in the final third. Someone with pace, someone who's good on the ball, someone that can combine with your wing players and make life more difficult for opposing defences. And I think Ridley Baku can be that man. Very, very talented, explosive player, plays for Wolfsburg, wouldn't cost a fortune. I think he's shown more than enough to suggest he's good enough to play for a club like United. Ridley Baku, to me, just makes a lot of sense in that role. 
starting centre-back. I would say this is someone to start with Varane. But Varane does have injury issues. And Harry Maguire is still your club captain and Harry Maguire costs 80 million. So ideally, you want someone who can also start with Harry Maguire. Now, you do have to take into account Ten Hag does like to have a right-footed centre-back and a left-footed centre-back. He likes to have those angles to play out from the back. It is something he picked up from Pep. We see Arteta doing the same thing. They just like to create those passing angles. Maguire is a left-sided centre-back, but he has played on the right before. Now, his guy is reminding me, Darren Fletcher said he could play in midfield. This might be the most nonsensical thing I've ever heard in my life, but it's out there in the ether anyway. You also want to factor in there could be games where perhaps he goes and plays a back three. Varane on the right, Maguire in the middle. So you need someone for the left side. So I do think a left-footed centre-back is what makes the most sense for them. The one that they've frequently been linked to is Pau Torres. Now, I'm not a massive fan of Pau Torres. And I do think a Varane-Torres pairing is a little bit soft. I'm not sure there's enough aggression in that defensive pairing. So if I was them, I would double dip at Monaco for Benoit Badiashile. Talent-wise, he is absolutely outstanding. There's good aggression in his game. He can get a little bit a little bit rash at times, which is a common problem in young centre-backs. It's not just a him issue. It's just something that happens with young centre-backs. Not something to be overly worried about, but something that, you know, you'll need to coach out of his game. However, Ten Hag did have Lisandro Martinez at Ajax, who's also a very aggressive centre-back and also can have that issue. But I think if you could get Backman, Baku, Badi Ashile, Frankie, and Yosef Fafana, or Yusuf Fafana. I think that could get you back into the top four. It won't win you the league, but United aren't about winning the league right now. They're about getting back into the Champions League. They can't afford to stay outside the Champions League for multiple seasons. The way their commercial deals are structured, they can't afford back-to-back seasons outside the Champions League. I think that haul of five players, which would be expensive but not prohibitively so. I mean, Backman will probably be five million. Baku would be maybe twenty million. Badiashile probably forty million. So sixty-five, another sixty-five for Frankie, and you probably get Fafana for around twenty. It's about one hundred and fifty million. You've got some players you can sell. So I think that gives them a nicely balanced squad with plenty of upside. Like Baku, Badi Ashile, Fafana, they all have levels to go up. Frankie's not in his prime yet. I think that gives them a good mix of can play now and can be developed for the future. 
I also think it raises the athletic profile of the team. United are very slow. Shaw's not what you'd call lightning quick. Maguire moves like a wall. Um, Varane's pace just isn't there as much anymore. And why Badi Ashile would be key in this is that you're going to want to play a high line, but you've got a goalkeeper who doesn't like a high line and won't leave his six-yard box. But if you play Badi Ashile with his recovery pace, you can cheat the system a little bit and play a bit higher than normal with a, a deep-sitting goalkeeper. Whereas with Pau Torres, that recovery pace isn't really there. So that's another reason to go and sign him. Um, moving on then to Newcastle United. So I've got starting goalkeeper, starting left back they've taken care of by bringing back Matt Target, starting centre-back, another starting centre-back, starting defensive midfielder, and a starting winger. Now, starting goalkeeper they have taken care of. They've signed Nick Pope. So that is a good signing for them. Nick Pope is a proven quality goalkeeper in the Premier League. And um, they got him fairly cheap as well. So credit to the tune. That is one need taken care of. Now, they're obviously very keen to bring in Sven Botman as one of their centre-backs. And I, I do think Sven Botman is an outstanding centre-back. So even though my feeling is he wants to go to Milan, I'm going to mark down Sven Botman as one. If you sign Sven Botman, you're going to need someone with a bit of pace to play next to him. And Botman is a great passer of the ball, but I think you want someone that can carry a ball to go next to him. So I am going to suggest Edmund Topsoppa from Bayer Leverkusen. Topsoppa. Similar age to Botman. So you can build that pairing for the long term. Huge upside. Very Joel Matip-esque in his style of play. And I think that's a good fit with someone like Sven Botman. So that's the pairing I'd look for there. They can play in a mid-block, which will suit both of them. You don't want to play a high line with Botman. Uh, top stop as far would be fine, but you don't want to play a high line with Botman. But that pairing together with Trippier and Target, I think that's pretty strong. I do think that's pretty strong. Starting defensive midfielder. Now, it's got to be someone that complements Bruno Gomerish and basically just gets the ball and gives it back to Bruno Gomerish. Or you go for a more all-round type of player who's not necessarily a defensive midfielder, can do that sitting, holding, dictating type of job and let Bruno be more involved in the attacking play. And the guy they've been linked with recently that I think would be an absolutely phenomenal signing if they could pull it off is Fabian Ruiz of Napoli. One year left on his contract, absolutely tremendous player, can do a bit of everything in midfield. I think if you put him and Gamerish together, you've got two great all-rounders, one who's a little bit more defensive-minded, one who's a little bit more attack-minded. I think that is a pairing 
gives you huge flexibility to play whatever system you want. You want to play them in a midfield three, they'll play in a midfield three. And you can put any type of midfielder with them. You could put John Joe Shelby as the sitting midfielder and those two flanking him. You could play Ruiz as the sitting midfielder with Jolington as a box-to-box option or Joe Willock as an attacking box-to-box option. They'll play in a two. They could play in a diamond. They would give Eddie Howe great flexibility as a pairing. And Ruiz, I think, is 26, 27. So you're going to get his best years as well. And he brings experience. He brings leadership. I think he would be a great signing for them. And then a starting winger. So we know they're going to have set maximum one side. This was based, I think, on a 4-3-3. I think this was based on Gamerish and Jolington. So Ruiz fits nicely with them. The defence we've sorted. And Wilson through the middle, Jolington off one wing. Or sorry, yes, the maximum off one wing. So we were looking for a goal-scoring winger. Now, this guy is being linked to Leeds at the minute. But I think he's a better fit for Newcastle, playing off the left with St. Maximum on the right. Simplify St. Maximum's game a little bit. I think Cody Gakpo would make a lot of sense for Newcastle right now. I think it's about the right level for him. I think he's got potential to get better. I think he brings a goal threat. He brings an aerial presence coming in off that side as well. And with a crosser like Kieran Trippier on the right, you get Wilson and you get him attacking that back post. I think that works. So Nick Pope is, is in already. The other needs, and Target is in already. So the other needs they have then, Botman, Tapsapa, Ruiz, and Cody Gakpo. Now, I know they're looking to bring in Ekatiki, but let's remember, he is a kid. He's 20 years of age and doesn't have a huge amount of experience. And... He's still growing. Like, he is still growing into his body. I know Gakpo's still young. I know he's only 23 years of age, but he is quite experienced. Like, he's been in that Ajax, or that PSV team, rather, since he was 19. He's had basically four full seasons as a starter. He got 21 goals in all competitions this past season. So I think he'd be a good fit at 6-2 with his pace, with his dribbling with his direct nature, I think he's a good fit there. And he'll drop out wide and Jolington can run through into central gaps that are created. St. Maximum playing on the right, I think will simplify his game a little bit and just take some of the nonsense out of what he does. That's what I'd do for Newcastle. I don't love that front three that you end up with, St. Maximum, Wilson and Gakbo, but it's better than anything they've had recently. I do love the midfield and I love that centre-back pairing. So, I think you're on a good start there. Moving on to Norwich, which is obviously one of the more difficult ones to do because they're now a championship team rather than a um, rather than a Premier League team. So what we've done, obviously, is we've taken Max Ahrens away from them and sent him to Brentford. So they need a replacement for Max Ahrens. I think they need a starting centre-back to pair with Ben Gibson. Uh, a starting central midfielder. Do I do you think I read that they were signing a midfielder? Norwich City 
Let's see. No, nothing confirmed yet. We're looking for a starting centre midfielder anyway, and a backup striker behind Timo Puki, um, who's obviously carried the load for them for a few years, but it hasn't really worked in the Premier League, in large part because there's been no depth behind him, but he's still a proven goal scorer at championship level, and he's still someone I do think they could roll with next season and just have someone that can come in, compete with them, and maybe maybe take the starting spot. You never know. Uh, I'm going to start in that position. I am going to look at a player who has bounced around. He's had a bit of a bizarre career. Um, Johnson Clark Harris of Peterborough United. Peterborough obviously just been relegated. He's just been capped by the Jamaican national team. His profile's quite high. He did struggle a little bit in the championship last season, but still got 12 goals. But the year before, he got 31 in League One. Now, one of the things I like about him is he was signed using an analytical approach because I spoke to Dara McAnthony, who is the owner of Peterborough on an Anfield Index podcast uh, last summer. And he was talking about, you know, how he approaches signing strikers. And we spoke a bit about um, Ivan Tony, who'd obviously been there before, who Clark Harris replaced. And he did kind of all fair, give us a little bit of more explanation about what he looks for when he looks at strikers. I know Stuart Weber takes a similar enough approach in terms of using a lot of analytics to look for strikers. So I do reckon he's someone that will have popped in his radar. So I'm going to go with him as the backup striker who can come in and at 27, potentially become your starting striker. And then Timo Puki is a really good backup to uh, to have at that club. Uh, so, yeah, Johnson Clark Harris from Peterborough is who I would look for in that role. Now, uh, we're looking for a starting right back, a starting centre back and a starting midfielder. I think Rob Dickey of QPR is the ideal centre-back to bring in there. Stylistically, he's got similarities to Grant Hanley. He's just much better than Grant Hanley. He's a leader. He's an organiser, so he can replace that part of the game that Hanley does bring. Uh, He's at the right age, I think, for this type of move. He's 26 years of age. He's ready to step up another level. And with Norwich, of course, the aim is getting back in the Premier League. With QPR, it is more, you know, let's try and get in the playoffs, whatever. They're happy enough to be solid in the championship and not fighting relegation at the minute. So I think for him, he's ready to make the step up. I think the price would be somewhere in the region of six to eight million, maybe a little bit more. But I, I think that's probably the type of price that you'd get him for. And he is a very, very good defender. Very, very similar to Joe Worrell in a lot of ways. Someone I do like. He's who I would go with uh, for that centre-back position. Um, Midfield is always a funny one because you're looking for different types of midfielders for different types of clubs. But for Norwich, you're looking for someone in midfield that can do a lot of the dirty work, be... 
a, a ball winner, be aggressive, drive them forward when need be, which is something that they do also. Oh, they did get Isaac Hayden on loan. You're right, guy. You're right. They did get Isaac Hayden on loan. So that does sort of solve that problem. They don't really need to bring in another midfielder. They could. There's no doubt they could bring in another midfielder. And, I mean, there'd be no loss on them to do that. You can never have too many good midfield players. Um, I would have said Scott Twine, but I think I read he's going somewhere else today. Um, where did I read Scott Twine? Was good? Scott Twine, if you don't know, is a really good player at MK Dons. He's going to Burnley. He is going to Burnley. He's That's a great signing for Burnley. Who did I have Burnley signing in midfield? Where's my Burnley card? There it is. Uh, I had them signing Joe Rothwell. They're bringing in Scott Twine. So you know what? Norwich should sign Joe Rothwell. Again, experience. Premier League caliber player without question. I think that's important, as is Dickey. Uh, so yeah, we'll go Joe Rothwell there because... Mark uh, Scott Twine is going to Burnley and they don't need Joe Rothwell anymore. That works for everybody. Uh, the final thing we need then is a starting right back. So you're losing Aaron's, who's obviously an attack minded player. Um, I did very much like the, uh, the Brandon Williams piece there, but I have him going to Brentford as well. Uh, I think he'd be a solid signing for Brentford on a either a loan or a permanent deal if you can strike one. Um, I'd look at Luton and I'd look at James Bree. Not as dynamic as Aaron's, but a better defender. Very good cross through the ball. And has been at a Premier League excuse me, club before was at Aston Villa, came through the Barnes, the academy, signed for Villa. Villa didn't know what to do with him. For whatever reason, Villa was just a shambles for so long. Uh, he ends up going to Luton, and he's really impressed me since going to Luton. And I know that Nathan Jones knows how to improve fullbacks. So I would say James Bree. Don't think he'd cost a fortune. I also think, is he had a contract this year? He is at a contract this year. So that could potentially be a bargain deal to bring him in. Played 42 times in the championship last season. One goal, six assists. If he's at a contract, go and get him. James Bree, 24 years of age. So again, he's got some experience, plenty of room to develop. Johnson Clark Harris, Rob Dickey, Joe Rothwell, James Bree. at least two of whom I'm absolutely certain can do well at the Premier League level in Dickey and Rothwell. Bree, I think he can. Clark Harris is a bit more of a gamble, but his value will be a lot lower now than it was a year ago. And I think you could get a decent deal there for him. So that's what we would do for Norwich and then Southampton. So the first thing I had Southampton needing was a starting goalkeeper, and they have addressed that, obviously, with the signing 
of Gavin Basunu from Manchester City, which I think is a really good deal. I think you're getting a massively talented goalkeeper at a good price. I think it's like 10 million rising to 12 or 14 uh, with add-ons. And obviously, look, if you're paying those add-ons, it's because he has been a success for you. Uh, they've also brought in Armiel Bella Kotchup, which fills another need I had for them of a backup central defender. Now, he's one with huge potential to develop into a starter next to Salisu. I, I still think it'll be Bednarak and Salisu, but if this kid and Lianko are the backups, then that's a strong centre-back core. They've got a good full-back group with Livermento and Walker-Peters for the right, um, Perot and Thierry Small for the left. I think that's solid. They also signed um, Matus uh, Liz from Alte in Turkey as another goalkeeper. So if Alex McCarthy doesn't re-sign, they have their two keepers for the season ahead. So they'll be fine in goal. Their defence, I think, is now boxed off. I had them needing a starting central midfielder. Sorry, no, a starting attacking midfielder, a backup central midfielder, and a starting striker because it looks like Armando Brogia is gone. It doesn't look like they're going to be able to keep him. Uh, West Ham, very, very keen to bring him in. So they need to look elsewhere. So, striker's going to be tough because strikers cost a lot of money. And they got lucky with the Danny Ings deal in that Liverpool were looking to move him on. They didn't have the interest in keeping him. They were able to get him on a loan with an option to buy. It wasn't, or an obligation to buy rather. They didn't have to pay for, pay for it up front. And then obviously he did very well and it turned out to be a good deal for them. Could they look around at Premier League clubs who are looking to maybe move on a striker and find someone that's available at a decent price, maybe. But who's really out there? I mean, Arsenal don't have a backup striker. They barely have a starting. They don't, don't actually have a starting striker. Um, I mean, could, Ings, could you get Ings back? Maybe. Probably not. Bournemouth don't have anyone you'd be interested in. They're not going to sell Solanke and any of the rest aren't good enough. Ivan Tony's not going to Southampton. Uh, Brighton are in need of a striker themselves. Chelsea, Broya would be the one, but it looks like he's going to be priced out of a move there. Uh, you wouldn't want Benteke. I think Mateta and Eduard are staying put. You couldn't afford Calvert-Lewin. Mitrovic is not joining you. Uh, Bamford's not an option. Ian Acho, maybe if Rodgers isn't going to give him a guaranteed start next season. Maybe he's available, but again, the price is probably prohibitive for you. Liverpool have lost their striking depth in Divock Origi and Taki Minamino, so they're not options for you. City don't have striker depth. Uh, Manchester United don't have anyone you'd want. Newcastle, I mean, would you want Chris Wood? I'm not sure you would. Uh, Forest don't have the depth. Spurs don't have the depth. West Ham don't have the depth. That's why they're looking to bring in Broya. And Wolves, you wouldn't want any of the strikers, really, let's be fair. 
So you're going to have to look abroad. You're going to have to look abroad and try and find value somewhere. Now, you've got Armstrong. You're hoping you'll get more from Armstrong next season than you got this season. But you've got to put somebody with him who can facilitate a lot of what he does. Ideally, Che Adams is your third striker. Now, it's important to note here, Southampton don't have unlimited sums of money. But what Southampton do have is really good recruitment. Like they're a very clever club who ensure that they target the right players, that they're not just buying players for the sake of buying players. They could look to France. And I do like a couple of strikers there that could be quite good in how Southampton play, give them a focal point in attack. One that I do like is Laborde at Rennes. He only moved last summer from Montpellier. Um, his former teammate, Andy Delort, I also like, but he is 30, be 31 soon enough. He's at Nice. He's a good player. I do like Ludovic Ajork at um, Strasbourg. 6-6, good goal scoring record, but he's not a huge goal scorer. He's not going to get you 20 a season. I mean, could you look at Veghorst? I know it didn't go brilliantly at Burnley. I know it didn't go brilliantly at Burnley, but he is a good player. And I do think he'll do damage in the Premier League, but I'm trying to avoid buying from other Premier League clubs. Uh, unless the player is is very blatantly available. Um, I mean, Taylor Wani actually would have been a really nice fit. Martin Terrier would be really good here, really good here. But again, the price is probably outside of what uh, Southampton would be willing to pay. The one I'm going to push for, is that the whole winger? He's on my list. He's coming next. Um, the one who's who I would push for here, I think, is Mohamed Bayou of Claremont, the Ghanaian international. I like what I see from him. It's been a couple of years now where he has looked very, very good. Uh, season before last, he scored 22 goals and helped them get promoted. Last season, he got 14 goals in 32 games in his first season in the top flight. He's the one I would go for. Mohamed Bayou of Claremont. I think you could get him at a very, very good price. And I think he improves you. I really do think he improves you. Gives you a focal point in attack. I think he's someone that Armstrong could play, uh, could play well off. Type of player who can drop wide, can carry the ball, gives you similar enough physical profile to Broya. I think he might be a little bit technically better than Broya as well, but he is a very, very good player. Um, and I think he's already spoken about how he thinks he, he probably will leave this summer. So yeah, Mohamed Bayou is who I would go for. Uh, starting attacking midfielder. Now, remember, these attacking midfielders 
at Hull are also wingers. So they're wide players who play narrow, midfielders who drop wide, whichever way they want things to operate in certain games. Keen Lewis Potter is who I would go for here of Hull. I think he's a very, very good player. Um, 21 years of age, has been really good in back-to-back seasons for them. So last season, 13 goals in 38 games. Season before, 15 in 51 in the in League One as he got them promoted. Uh, I think he makes a ton of sense for them. And I think he's the type that will have really good resale value, which is something they will look for. So Keen Lewis Potter is who I would go for there. And then finally, the last thing they're in need of is a central midfielder. Someone to come in and give them more depth because if we're all being honest, it's quite laughable that Southampton only have three central midfielders at the club. Diallo, Romeo and Ward Press. And Romeo's past is best. Diallo's still a bit young. I'd be looking to bring someone else in. And the one I'd look to bring in is John Onana of Bordeaux. Bordeaux were relegated this past season through no fault of his because he was very good. But as a combative box-to-box midfielder, I think he'd be a really good signing. I think you put him with Diallo in certain games, I think you'll be able to dominate midfield from a physical point of view. I think he could play with Romeo very easily. And I think he can play alongside Ward-Prowse as well. Gives you an option to play a three. 22 years of age, big, big potential. John Onana is the one I would look at. With them having been relegated, he's definitely available. Definitely available for sale. And he's got enough versatility to play multiple positions in midfield. So in your system, I think he's a great fit. Mohamed Bayou, John Onana, Keen Lewis Potter. I think Southampton with those three on top of the two they've already signed, would be a really, really promising, really strong team who'd have pretty much every area of their team boxed off for the next few years. It would just be about development and maintenance for a couple of years to secure you know, some sort of continuity and a solid mid-table, no heart palpitations kind of season. So that's that. That is my four teams for today. United, Newcastle, Norwich, and Southampton. Monday, then, we will do Tottenham, Watford, West Ham, and Wolves. And then Tuesday, we'll do the two newly promoted, uh, the three newly promoted teams, Forest, Brentford, uh, Forest, Bournemouth, and Fulham. Uh, I'll take a break here. When we come back, we'll go through the news, we'll get the gossip, and then we're done. See you soon. Right, welcome back. So let us jump into the news. Uh, Kiernan Jewsbury Hall has signed a new Leicester contract that will keep him at the club until 2027. Uh, he's been there since he was eight years of age. Finally got his breakthrough in January 2020 and has gone from strength to strength. He has been absolutely outstanding since becoming a starter for Leicester this past season. I thought he was excellent. 
all season long. And uh, I think it's great that Leicester have rewarded him. I think it's great for Leicester to tie him down as well to that long-term deal. As mentioned earlier, Nick Pope has completed his transfer from Burnley to Newcastle. He spent six years at Burnley and he joins the tune on a four-year contract. Eddie Howe called him an exceptional Premier League and international level goalkeeper. I'm very pleased to be adding strong competition to a very important position. Nick Pope is coming to be the starter. He's not coming to be any sort of competition. Uh, That's the second deal for the Magpies this summer after Matt Target. And two solid deals, not ones that will get you all excited, but two very solid, smart deals that make sense for where Newcastle are right now. Uh, Less enthusiastic news. Uh, Mason Greenwood, arrested on suspicion of rape and assault in January, will remain on bail following a court hearing. The 20-year-old Ford was arrested after images and videos were posted online, was also questioned on suspicion of making threats to kill. His bail was due to expire in April, but was extended after Greater Manchester Police applied to the courts. It was further extended after a hearing on Thursday. Confirming the bail extension, a Greater Manchester Police spokesman said, No further updates will be issued until charges were brought or the player was released facing no further action. Within hours of the allegations surfacing online back in January, the striker, who has made one appearance for England, was suspended from playing or training with Manchester United until further notice. Nike has ended its sponsorship deal with the player and EA Sports, or Electronic Arts as they are, has removed him from active squads in its FIFA 2022 game. Yeah. How to throw away a career. Well, the audio doesn't lie, and uh, he he probably shouldn't kick a ball again, in truth. Uh, There is a lot of growing talk about Everton's potential takeover. The Peter Kenyon-led group are apparently willing to commit a billion great British pounds to the takeover of Everton, which will include money to buy the club, to build the stadium, and for transfers. Now, if we're being honest here, it's going to cost a couple of hundred million to buy Everton. The stadium's going to cost 600 million. There's not going to be a whole lot of money left over for transfers. But, but, it can't be worse. It can't be worse than Mashiri. And maybe having some people in who actually know what it is to run a football club could be a good thing for Everton. Maybe a nice bit of stability for five or six years could be good for Everton. And as long as that stadium gets built, they can turn their finances around and potentially get moving back up the table in a few years. So that is out there. Uh, Plenty to read on that. The Athletic, the Telegraph, they all have different pieces. Uh, Matt Law has, has tweeted, revealed... Chelsea's transfer plans under new Bowley Clear Lake ownership. Exclusive. Thomas Tuchel promised up to six signings by new owners with 200 million to spend. Really? If you buy six players for 200 million and you're Chelsea, you're not buying players that move the needle. You're buying 35 million pound players. And remember, it'd be different. 200 million in the hands of Liverpool, that's one thing. 200 million in the hands of Chelsea is completely different. Now, there are stories coming out of Chelsea that would make your head spin. 
that would make you fall over laughing. And apparently this 200 million includes agent fees, signing bonuses, and first years of contracts. So 200 million isn't 200 million. Now, let's just say they spend that 200 million. What did I have them doing? So I had them buying. Uh, Jonathan Kloss, he would cost 10, 15 million max. Borna Sosa will be about 20. There's 35 million. That'll be 35 million well spent. Kula Bali, I think, will cost 40. That's 75. And I had Nikola Milinkovic at probably about 25. That's about 100 million. So they could do that and then sign, you know, two attack-minded players, Raheem Sterling maybe for 50. And could they get Richarlison for 50? That'd be, that'd be six players. That could work. But that's assuming they're not counting agent fees and all the rest. Uh, some, like I said, some of the stories coming out, like their lack of understanding on how contracts work in football as opposed to baseball and basketball, which they're used to, is very funny. Todd Bowley appointing himself as interim sporting director without consulting anybody else, also funny. Todd Bowley thinking he could send an email to the agent of a player and tell them he decided to extend that player's contract on the same terms. I mean, that that's the type of thing you're getting here. Todd Bowley thinking that if he bought a player, won't name the player, but he's thinking if he bought a player with two years left, he just inherited the two years of that contract. Yeah. Yeah. This is, this is what Chelsea fans are going to have to deal with for a little while until they get people in the door that know what they're doing. Um, yeah. Anyway, let's move on. Manchester City are set to sign Stefan Ortega to be their new backup goalkeeper with Zach Stefan moving on. Uh, Stefan Ortega is okay. He wouldn't be great by any stretch of the imagination. And uh, last season, while playing for Aminia Belfield, he was fairly poor. Fairly poor as they got relegated. Um, now, they did have a much better defensive record than the teams around them, but he was still fairly poor and threw in a couple of goals. Stylistically, he does make sense as a signing for United. Uh, Wolves are still working on a deal for Matthias Nunes. It seems to be a difficult one. I think that player has ambitions of a bigger profile move, Manchester City potentially. Fulham and Wolves also still looking, are still working on deals for Joe Paulinho. It looks like both of them have agreed terms with sporting and it's now a matter of convincing the player where he wants to go. Um, Kepa has said he wants to stay at Chelsea. He said, I'm at a very big club. I will talk to the coach and we will decide. But the clear message is I want to play more. Now he's not going to play more at Chelsea, but the thing is no one wants him. No one wants him. He's on massive money. He's got years and years left in his contract. So he's kind of stuck, and they're kind of stuck. Julian Timber has turned down Manchester United. We know that one. Uh, the Dean Henderson to Nottingham Forest deal is as good as done. If not confirmed yet, it will be soon. No buy option, just a straight loan, but a really, really good signing for Nottingham Forest. Uh, Crystal Palace have 
com- well, not completed the deal, but they've completed a, an agreement with Derby County on compensation and they've completed a contract agreement with Malcolm Ibioe, young attacking player. He's turned down Manchester United to join Crystal Palace, which I think says a lot about him. I think he sees a clearer pathway at Palace. I think Palace have been able to sell him very well on their youth movement. Very, very talented by all accounts. 18 years of age. He is a Londoner as well, so that's probably factored it in the chance to go home. He was in the Arsenal Academy for a few years. Uh, So that's an interesting one. Um, What other news do we have then? Tottenham are set to name Greater Steinson as performance director. Uh, He's the ex-Everton head of recruitment. Uh, Didn't do a great job there, but as performance director, he might be okay. And Simon Davies, former Spurs player, ex-Man City head of academy, and he was a coach at Anderlecht under... Did he play for Spurs? He did play for Spurs. Did he? No, he didn't. No, he didn't. I thought he played for Spurs. Am I thinking of somebody else? Is there a Simon Davies that played for Spurs? There is a Simon Davies to play for Spurs. It's not him. It's somebody else that they're hiring. Uh, this guy was manager at Chester many years ago, ran City's Academy for a while and was a coach at, um, at Anderlecht. Spurs are appointing him as head of methodology at the academy. That's a, an unusual uh, job title. But yeah, Spurs making moves behind the scenes to bolster their front office staff and obviously their academy staff. So that's all good to see. I think that is it. There is one thing here I want to look at. So... <clears throat> On the BBC website, they've got a Chelsea quiz. Can you put these big money strikers in correct order? Now, the correct order here is irrelevant. What's funny here is how much money Chelsea have spent badly on strikers. So if you want to cheat the game, it goes Drogba, Anelka, Torres, Costa, Werner, Shevchenko, Morata, and Lukaku. That's the eight. But let's think about these Individual seconds. The Drogba, obviously, runaway success, one of their best ever players. Uh, and Nalka, hit and miss at Chelsea. Now, he did often play wide on the right with Drogba to the middle, which didn't really work for him, but he was kind of hit and miss. Torres, flop. Now, they did win a European Cup with him, so he'll always have that. But let's be fair, they spent 50 million, which at the time was mega money. He was a flop. Diego Costa, definitely a success. So important to them in winning the title. Um, really, really good player for them. Timo Werner. Hasn't been great. Been two seasons now and it hasn't been great. So while I wouldn't say he's a flop yet, he's definitely trending more that direction than in the re- direction of being a success. Andrei Shevchenko, flop. One of the best strikers, if not the best strikers in the world when Chelsea bought him, but terribly fitting for a Mourinho team. He ended up launched out in the right wing as well. Didn't go well, so flop. Alvaro Morata, flop. They signed him because they couldn't get Lukaku. The first time. 
when Conte wanted Lukaku, they got outbid by United and they signed Morata. Flop. And then they finally got Lukaku back and he was a flop. Uh, they obviously had him originally. It didn't work. Or he didn't get the opportunities. He went on loan to West Brom. He went to Everton. He did well there. He went to United. Didn't go so well. Still scored goals, though. Went to Inter, was great. Came back to Chelsea, flop. Uh, and now gone on loan to Inter again. So it, it just does show Chelsea have spent an awful lot of money on strikers. And very few of them have worked. Very few of them have worked. I mean, the only one they've signed in the last, what, 12 years that's worked is Diego Costa. That's not great. Not a great track record for Chelsea. And not a great track record for Chelsea players, given the number nine jersey either. Uh, those things haven't worked out for them. Let us do the gossip and wrap up for the week. Barcelona have finally made a bid for Robert Lewandowski. That bid is, is worth up to €34 million, including add-ons, which falls below what Bayern are looking. So it'll be interesting to see what happens there. Cristiano Ronaldo is reportedly concerned over United's transfer business under Eric Ten Hag and is considering quitting Old Trafford. Bayern Munich could make a move for Cristiano if Lewandowski leaves this summer. They've just signed Mane, so I don't think they will. Uh, Manchester United have increased their bid for Frankie de Jong from £51.5 million to £55.8 million, but Barcelona want a minimum of £65 million for the player. So I think they'll end up paying it. It's a matter of whether he wants to go there or not. The former agent of Neymar says the 30-year-old Brazilian has a dream to be a Champions League winner with PSG and will not stop until he achieves it. Um, he might as well just stop now. He, he's not going to achieve it. Uh, Denmark midfielder Christian Eriksen is deciding whether to join Manchester United or stay at Brentford. There's been quite a bit of reporting that he's turned down United. There's been quite a bit of report of that. Spurs aren't as interested as we were made believe. I, I think he's going back to Brentford. Um, Manchester United and France midfielder Paul Pogba, but nobody cares. Uh, Chelsea will compete with Manchester United for Brazilian winger Anthony. Yeah, very talented player. Doesn't really move the needle for Chelsea right now um, in terms of elevating the team, but certainly one you could you can buy and develop over the next. 24 months, and Tuchel does get a lot out of these type of wingers. I still think they'll sign Usman Dembele, but um, hey, they could sign him as well. Why you'd do that, I don't know. Uh, Manchester United, Chelsea, and Tottenham are all exploring the prospect of signing Yannick Carrasco after details of a 51.5 million release clause emerge. Are we meant to believe that that's a bargain price? That's overpaying for Yannick Carrasco. Yannick Carrasco's a good player. He's a £40 million player, though. He's not a £50 million player. And he's 28 and will be 29 in September. This is not somebody you want to hitch your wagon to. Uh, he's also someone that decided to go and spend two years in his prime playing in China. So, you know. Uh, France midfielder Adrian Rabiot wants to leave Juventus and join a Premier League club. The 27-year-old who has one year left in his contract is available for between 13 and 17 million pounds. I used to be a big Adrian Rabiot fan. I always thought the talent outweighed the fact that his mother's a pain in the arse and makes things quite difficult for the club he's at. But the talent hasn't raised him to the level he should have become. 
he didn't didn't develop into the player he should have been. So uh, he's a good player, not a great player, and he's too much of a pain in the arse to me to have any interest in. Chelsea are interested in Matthias Delict. Chelsea just to everybody. Leon have made a move to sign Manchester United target Tyrell Malaysia, the Feyenoord left back is a Dutch international. It was a weird link to United considering they already had two good left, well, two decent left backs. But um, yeah, I mean, Leon's a good move for him. Brighton are interested in Manchester City forward Liam Delap and could explore signing the 19-year-old on loan as part of talks with the Premier League champions over Mark Cucurella. If you're talking to them and you're in control of the Cucurella situation, what are you asking for a loan for? Get him as a throw-in. Make them give you 50 million and him. And for him, it's a good move as well because he's never going to make the grade at City because they just don't play young players often enough. You know, they've just signed Haaland and Alvarez. Where's he going to play? Um, Manchester City are looking at a move for Stefan Ortega. Just covered that one. Man, a Leicester City could move for Ren midfielder Benjamin Bourigade with the 28-year-old likely to cost in the region of 8 million. 8 million for him would be a bargain. That's a really good signing if they do that. That's a really good Thielemans replacement. He's a little bit on the older side than I would have looked at, which is why when I went over Leicester, uh, I looked at someone like Benesser, who just age profile is a lot better. But yeah, this is a really good player and a really good price. AC Milan are considering signing Douglas Luiz. Uh, maybe. Maybe. He's definitely available this summer. Marseille want to sign Nuno Tavares on loan and Arsenal will consider the move they can recruit in that position. If Lissandro Martinez comes in, they'll, they'll move Tavares out on loan. Um, Tavares hasn't really worked. Marseille seem to just be hoovering up, you know, players that haven't worked out at Arsenal. Um, this would be the third, fourth, fourth, because Kalasnak went there as well. And he would be competition for Kalasnak at left back. Uh, but obviously they brought in um, the midfielder with Sideshow Bob Hare. Can't think of his name. And Saliba. Gwendouzi. Yeah, Gwendouzi, that's him. Um, yeah, so... Uh, Look, Tavares is a better player than you saw at Arsenal, but I, I, Marseille are going to be in the Champions League next season. I, I don't think you want to be playing him in the Champions League, especially if your other option is, is Kolasinac. Uh, that's it. That is us for the week. I will see you all on Monday. Have a pleasant weekend. Take care of yourselves and each other. Bye-bye. Podcast Network.